Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Are you well? Good. A few people. Um, I want to start by sharing with you a quick story from my childhood. Uh, one of my craziest school memories. The year was 1993. I was in the third year, or for you young guns, uh, year nine. Year nine, I think it is. So year nine, uh, my football team, my school football team, went to play against Hartshead High. You know Hartshead High well. I know, I can tell by your faces. Hartshead High uh, was a school we played every year, and there was always trouble. And we'd gone with the fifth years, we'd boarded this coach, driven there, and on one far pitch, uh, the, the fifth years, year 11, for you young guns, and uh, uh, were on one side, and we were on the other side playing uh, our match. And uh, I remember it well because an unusual goal took place. An unusual goal that maybe you wouldn't have expected. And this is how it went. Just after half-time, our attention was drawn to what was going on on the far pitch. The guys from year 11 were getting feisty. And it sounded like a fight at Bruden. So all our attention turned to look at what was a mass of heart-said high players surrounding one of our guys. Our guy was called Paul Walker. Paul Walker was the cock of the school. That doesn't mean he was an idiot. That means he was rock hard. And so Paul Walker was surrounded by these guys, and I can only describe to you what I, in a, a, a new word that I've invented called Jackie Channing. Paul Walker was Jackie Channing the entire team, one by one, bang, and then turn, bang, and he was laying down these guys, grabbing one, throwing them into another. It was outstanding. It was incredible. We just watched on in awe and wonder as the might of Paul Walker was in action. It took the referee from both pitches. It took the teaching staff to control Paul Walker. But while this was going on, the year nines from Hartshead High walked the ball into our net. And we lost 1-0. But we were marched off straight away as soon as the goal walked, went in. And as soon as Paul Walker had finished his unbelievable fight, we were escorted off the pitch and placed on the bus. They said in shame, but there was no shame. It was an incredible day. We have no idea to this day what sparked the violence but a legend was born. Paul Walker. I salute you. John chapter 8. We read a pretty crazy and disturbing confrontation. Jesus has come down from the Mount of Olives and is going to teach in the temple. Let's pick it up from verse 3. John chapter 8, starting at verse 3. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made a stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. 
When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left. With the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Woman! This is one of those stories that blows my mind. I've no idea how they've caught this woman in the act of adultery. That would be pretty horrific. I have to confess. I've got no idea if they've dragged her through the town with like in what kind of state I don't know. I don't know if they've just if it's just happened and they are dragging this woman all the way to the temple courts. I've got no idea where the bloke is because my mum says it takes two to tango and I believe that's the case back then too. So where's the fella? Has the fella run off? Is he already dead? I have no idea. Maybe the teachers of the law have kept this woman in some kind of holding bay for the day when they can use her against Jesus. We have got no idea of what's going on. I don't even know she's fully dressed. I have no idea, but I guess she's fully distressed. I bet they rough handled her. I bet she didn't come like easily. I didn't I bet she just wasn't totally up for it. You know, well, this is a day to remember. <laughs> okay, I'll come with you. She would have been freaking out for sure. And they bring her into the presence of Jesus. What a distraction that would have been. It says Jesus is teaching and he's preaching. Now I've had some distractions in my time, but nothing that would have compared to this. I once got interrupted by someone's mobile phone. Now, I know what you're thinking, that's not news, it happens all the time, it's likely to happen at, uh, this morning at some point. But this one was slightly unusual. I'm preaching at the front and suddenly I hear this voice going, Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Come on! I know you're there! Answer the phone! Hey! I am there, come on. And I'm like, what's going on? And it slowly over time, it doesn't go away. And uh, people begin to be drawn to the attention. Oh! <laughs> Drawing attention all the time. And people are like, suddenly everyone stopped listening to me. And they're like, whose phone is it? Then suddenly this large lady on the front row leans into her bra, takes out her phone, has a quick conversation. Oh, all right. Oh, it's you. Right? Oh, gosh. Everyone here has been wondering who it is. Um, I'll call you back after church. All right. Hanging up, she turns to the church and says, Sorry about that, everyone. I must have turned it on with my boob. (laughs) Then, like it's standard, everyday type of thing happens to me all the time. She just plonks it straight back. I'm left there mid anointed moment just going oh, what do you do next how on earth am I supposed to be able to carry on but this is nothing to compare to Jesus who is part way through teaching the scriptures and he's uninterrupted by men who want to stone to death a woman 
Imagine that. That's a big deal. Imagine as I'm talking now, men dragging a woman who's just been caught in adultery, maybe, and they bring her to the front and they want action. Right now. Imagine that being, that woman, just being potentially moments from death. If Jesus says the wrong thing, they're going to take her outside and one by one throw rocks at her head till she dies. Do you get the severity of the situation? We don't even know if she denies the accusations. We don't even know if she begs for mercy. I would be doing all of it. I read this passage first in my ESV Bible. And it says this, verses 3 and 4. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. I was thinking about this poor woman. She thinks she's surrounded by accusers. She's surrounded by people who want to harm her. She is like Paul Walker. She is surrounded, but she's not hard. She's completely vulnerable. I love that phrase in that passage that says, in the midst of them. She's brought into the midst. You can imagine the hostility. You can imagine the ambiance, the, the, the sense of like what is going on. The atmosphere would have been thick. She's in the midst of trouble, in the midst of opposition. She's in the midst of hostility. She's in the midst of distress. She's in the midst of misery and sorrow and guilt and pain and sadness and grief. In the midst of worry, anxiety and fear. She knows she's guilty. She knows the law. She's standing in the midst of utter brokenness. But yet, at the same time, in the same beautiful and incredible moment, she stands in the midst of one named Jesus Christ. In the midst of the mayhem is the Son of God. In the midst is her saviour in the midst is her redeemer the redeemer the one that will take away the sins of the world the one who is abounding in mercy the one who is full of grace the one who is rich in love in the midst of the madness is the one who removes her accusers who eliminates the threats who brings peace restores life brings freedom incredible is that in the midst of the madness moments from death in the midst is Jesus it made me think how many times do we find ourselves in the midst of trouble of pain of distress of hostility in the midst of sin and of guilt how often do we fail to recognize that in the midst is Jesus? We've sung about being in the presence of Jesus and the greatness of the presence of God this morning. But how often do we forget that right at the heart of the most troubling and difficult times, Jesus stands there. When you look sometimes, first of all, you see that the world is against you. It feels like there is nothing but accusation. People who are out to get you. You see the mess. But in the moment, in the midst, is Jesus. The one who loves you more than anybody in the world. The one who left heaven to help us. 
I have to say it's rare that our sins become quite so public these days like that poor lady it's often it's not often that we are dragged through the streets for our private deeds it's been a while for me I have to say Um, although I was brought up in a church where this was almost commonplace in a weird way I remember there was a number of times growing up where people would be public, publicly rebuked from the front. I don't know if that was your upbringing, but it was pretty horrible. I remember one particular time when there was a, a, a young man, probably in his early 20s, who had, um, uh, was public, publicly rebuked because he'd attempted to photocopy his bottom on the church photocopier with the intention that he would take said photocopy and insert it into the preach notes of the pastor. So at one point when he turned over his page, he would be greeted with buttocks. The only thing is, it had gone slightly wrong. Why why are we even aware of this? Well, because as he climbed on, he was a big fella, the glass had shattered underneath him. And so in a moment of repentance and distress... He'd confessed to the church leadership team his full intentions. And very kindly, after the service one day, the members of the church were welcomed to hear the news and how he would be disciplined. It was pretty awful. It was pretty horrendous. Our sins are far less public, but yet the voices of accusation are still heard. I am not a schizophrenic. But I hear voices that remind me of my guilt. I hear them telling me of my failings. They try to convince me of my inabilities. They tempt me to despair. They tell me that I should be a doubter. They offer me excuses of how to get out of things. They remind me that I'm tired and that I was up all night with my son last night. They suggest often that God has forgotten me. Do you hear those voices or is it just me? Every time I try to step out for God, every time I get up to preach, do you think it happened this morning? Yes, it did. I heard again the voices of accusation that tell me that this is not something I should ever be doing. Every time I open my mouth to tell people about Jesus, ringing in my ears, I hear voices of accusations. And I have to confess, sometimes they overwhelm me. Sometimes they restrict me. Sometimes they completely shut me down. Yet Christ is in the middle of my trouble. Yes, I know Jesus is seated right now in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. I know that Jesus is not in bodily form somewhere in this room. I know he's not writing on the floor like he did for that lady because Gary Hardiker would totally be angry. But Jesus is in my heart. And I know it sounds cliche, but Jesus is in my heart. The Son of God, our Redeemer. The one who would take away the sins of the world. The one abounding in mercy. The one full of grace. The one rich in love now lives by the power of his Holy Spirit. Jesus reigns in my heart by his Spirit. My heart. The place where all emotions sometimes seem to run wild. The place where I often feel condemnation and accusation is the place where Jesus dwells by his Spirit. In the midst of me, in the midst of the turmoil within me, dwells Christ. And what does he do while he's there? 
He doesn't just sit by as accusations fly in. I love what it says in John 14, 26. When Jesus tells us what the Holy Spirit does, it says this. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love this passage. Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit into our lives. And there he teaches us and reminds us of the things that Jesus said. So in the midst of trouble, of accusation and distress, what are the words of Jesus? What did Jesus say to that poor lady in the arms of her accusers? He says this, Then neither do I condemn you. Go now and live your life. Leave your life of sin. The Holy Spirit reminds us that Jesus has freed us from condemnation. We are no longer under this. We are freed from feeling guilt. The old has gone, the new has come, the sin has been removed. Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Jesus has ended the rule which says sin ends in death. He's able to do this because he paid the price. You've heard the story, sin destroyed on the cross. The lady was guilty. We were guilty. But we are both forgiven by the one who took our punishment. So we've got to turn again to him. We must look for him in the midst of our distress. We must hear his beautiful words that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. You are not condemned. Now go. Leave your life of sin. Leave your past behind you. Move on in the fullness of life that I have given you. Jesus has given his Holy Spirit so that Jesus can be with us all the time in every situation. We need to look for Jesus in the midst of the mess. We need to look for him in every situation. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of the words of Jesus. To hear them and to act on them. To turn from our sins and live. The Holy Spirit is incredible. He's inside each one of you now and he wants to remind you of the things that Jesus said and did. And his words to you today are, there is no condemnation. The accusers have gone and you stand in the presence of Jesus who reminds you again, I flipping love you. There is nothing to answer to. Let's pray. How incredible are you, Lord? Oh, thank you so much for your love. Let us never grow tired of it, Lord. Let us never take it for granted. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that rests and lives in our hearts. Oh, Jesus, we are so, so grateful. Jesus, today we pray, speak to us again by your Spirit. In the midst of our mess and our madness, in our mayhem, Lord, make your words clear to us. Open our ears. Let us hear what you're saying, Lord. Thank you for your words of truth that restore and bring life. We need them, Jesus.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. 